and welcome to a brand new Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host Adam Chalk and I'm here to give my honest opinions on the things we like or dislike from all the goings on in professional wrestling from shows like WWE Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling as well as pay-per-views, premium live events, indie shows as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. So why not go ahead and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to the Monday Night Raw review. And this, by the end of this show I was quite high on on the show but looking back it took a long long time for anything to get going. I thought the main event was very good, but a lot of the first uh, hour and a half, maybe maybe even two hours, there wasn't a lot really to get your teeth into. Some things on here annoyed me, but it's still okay. I'm not going to say it's still good. It's still not as bad as it was. That's what I would say. But let's get into it, shall we? And the show started with Kevin Owens coming to the ring. He gets a great reaction. Uh, before he can say much, though, he's interrupted by JBL and... Oh, the atmosphere sunk. Um, he comes out and does his out-of-date shit. Uh, shit's on Alabama, says no one believes Owens can get the win over Roman. I hate JBL. I really do it. I enjoyed him in the APA, don't get me wrong, during the Attitude Era, but as somebody on screen in 2022 doing this act, I hate it so much. Anyway, he brings up Baron Corbin. Um, he does the same thing, basically. Then says that he's going to win the Royal Rumble. Going to go on to WrestleMania, win the main event. Yeah, never happening. Uh, Owens <laughs> falls asleep on the turnbuckle. Did like that. He takes the piss. Says he's dressed for a fight because he thought the Usos would be out here. But you two will do instead. And we then move on to Kevin Owens versus Baron Corbin. Uh, JBL causes a distraction so Corbin attacks Owens from behind uh, he does his slow methodical beat down but misses in the corner and goes for a shoulder first into the um, ring post Owens throws some short arm clotheslines and a back sent on and the fight goes to the outside where Corbin sort of fights back and then delivers a uh, choke slam on the apron. When we come back from a break, Owens hits a swanton bomb for a two count. Corbin comes back, hits a DDT for two. He also pulls off deep six for a two count. Uh, Kevin Patrick, I think, said something along the lines of nobody kicks out of the deep six. I've never seen him. It's the blue thunder bomb, isn't it? He, I've never seen him win with deep six. Anyway, Owens hits a stunner then out of nowhere and wins the match. 
Uh, straight after the match, the Usos and Solo Sokoa show up. They attack Owens, but Owens grabs a shoe, I believe, off um, the ring announcer. Twats one of them with with the shoe, grabs the chair, takes everybody out, um, and runs them off up the ramp. This Adam Pearson runs out and gets them to the back. The match was, as expected, an average, regular WWE match that really meant nothing at all, to be honest. I don't think it's a good match for Owens to be involved in going into a title feud. Uh, And it all just made me hate JBL even more. The aftermath of the match was okay, the attacks, but, you know, I, I still don't get the feeling that Owens is going to beat Roman Reigns and I I think it's kind of been given a poison chalice to get that over because I don't think he could do anything that makes us believe he's going to beat Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble as much as I love Owens I just don't see it Uh, we come back from a break and the Usos and Solo are sort of walking through backstage and this is where Adam Pierce tells the Usos to go home, but Solo's got to stay because he's got a match. Uh, I believe it. Did he tell him it was Dolph Ziggler here? I think he did. I can't remember. Alexa Bliss then shows up, stood on the commentary desk. Um, says Bianca's scared of her because she's the face of evil now. Uh, she hasn't felt this good for ages. And then Uncle Howdy video starts playing. Uh, then he came out to the ramp. And that's it. I saw it happen because we went to the break. And he was just gone. What a load of crap. I really like Bray Wyatt. Or I did, I think, before he became whatever he is now. Uh, I enjoyed his work when he first got to WWE. I know this is not Bray Wyatt, but it's all tied into him. Whatever this all is has been going on for way too long. Just get to the point. I'm getting bored of it. We then had Bailey versus Mia Yim. Uh, Bailey calls for a mic before the match starts, though, and she wants to send a message to Becky Lynch. She takes a piss out of Mia Yim. Sort of says, Becky's not really your friend and all that rubbish. Um, gives damage control the night off. She can handle it. Bell rings. Bailey then goes straight after Mia Yim. Uh, Yim comes back with a neck breaker. Bailey thinks she has stopped a dive from happening, but gets a pump kick instead. When we come back from a break, Bailey is in full control. She suplexes Yim onto the floor a bit later on. Yim does fight back though and delivers a suicide dive. Uh, back in the ring, she hits a Pele kick and a German suplex. She does a hurricane runner thing while Bailey sort of hung up in the ropes. But that didn't really look right. And the finish came when Bailey rolled her up with a backslide and got the feet on the ropes uh, not a lot to talk about here at all really I don't think the match was that good 
neither of these women have been booked all that well. Uh, for me, Bailey had to come back as a baby face. She hasn't. I do think the turn will come, but not great there. So Mia Yim's just a bit of a geek. She's gone from being a member of the club to being Becky Lynch's, I don't know, sidekick maybe? Or would you even call her a sidekick? I don't know what you'd call her. Yeah, not great. Uh, let me hear that Johnny Gargano is out with an injury, with an AC strain. And this is when Kathy Kelly is backstage interviewing Candice LeRae. Nikki Cross is lurking in the background, putting Sanity back together. Um, Rhea Ripley then interrupts Candice LeRae, and a match is made for a bit later. Not a lot to say on that either, to be honest. I'm sat in the world's noisiest chair today, so I apologise if you can hear all that. I swear it's a chair, it isn't me. Austin Fury then comes to the ring. Uh, he has a little promo. He does the old Cena champ is here gimmick. Ask where Seth Rollins is. He says Seth limped away from the ring last week because he couldn't keep up with him. Uh, Seth then shows up on crutches like Willy Wonka at the start of the uh, Chocolate Factory film. Fury says Seth is acting like he's 100%, but he knows he isn't because he beat him last week. Called himself the pinnacle of this industry. Uh, claims he's going to win the Royal Rumble, yada, yada. Seth says he isn't 100%, but he will be to win the Royal Rumble. And to go on to main event WrestleMania. And he only came out to hear the fans sing his song. Says he'll see Fury at the Royal Rumble kid he then walks away as he's halfway back to the entrance Bobby Lashley's music hits he comes out spears Fury launches him out of the ring and states that his claim for the Royal Rumble uh, I don't know about this either to be honest Fury I really like Fury's in-ring work. I think he's going to have a good year this year. But he's far too scripted, I believe. Um, just need to let the reins out on him a little bit. I know there's probably a lot of a lot of work's got to be made to for Fury to gain some trust. I would say, but I do think maybe letting off the reins would help. Uh, good to see Bobby back, but it's not like he's been away for long. So not a lot else to say on that. We then get the Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae match. Uh, Candice opens up on Rhea early on, throwing loads of strikes. Tries a roll-up, she gets a two-count. She goes for a Tornado DDT, but Rhea just catches her and sends her face first to the mat. Uh, Rhea's then in full control. She beals Candice across the ring a couple of times. Candice comes back by German suplex in Rhea off the second rope. Rhea goes to the outside and then catches Candice off a 
dive, throws her into the barricade head first a couple of times, rolls her in the ring and hits a riptide for the win. Um, this seemed effortless for Rhea Ripley, which is great for her as she looked great and it's kind of what you should be doing with her leading into the Rumble, make her feel like a threat because I think she she is my pick to win the Rumble this year. But it's not so good for Candice LeRae. Uh, I don't think she's being booked right. I don't like the way she's being geeked out as this just pathetic baby face. Uh, she's not able to show off much of her talent, and she's great. And I don't know why they're booking her this way. <clears throat> I know Triple H likes to kind of, I don't know what's almost beat them down to have them come back again but uh, can't do that with everyone doing that enough with her husband doesn't need to do it with her as well uh, Byron Saxon then talks to Bobby Lashley backstage and this is when MVP walks in and we get the Hurt Business teases I suppose Hardly teasers because they were right in your face. Uh, it turns out MVP had him reinstated. Uh, yeah, the Hurt Business coming back. Don't know what that means with Omos. Whether he disappears, or I don't know. Whatever. I'm not really that bothered. I wasn't ever into the Hurt Business, really. They looked cool in suits. But it's Bobby Lashley, he's going to look cool, whatever he does, I think. And he's he's fine without having anybody around him. But, hey, it's something, I guess. Triple H has done well with the factions that he's got, I guess. So give it time. We then get a brilliant Cody Rhodes video. They're going to document him making his way back to the ring, obviously. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's backstage talking about his match with Solo Sokoa when Mustafa Ali walks up to him and moans about Dolph not wanting to be his partner it's so shit Mustafa Ali's just I don't know, just being ruined to have somebody that talented and have him just look like an absolute geeky prick <laughs> just doesn't sit well with me uh bronson reed was about to get interviewed and the miz sort of came in and interrupted that one uh acting like they're best friends but they obviously aren't bronson reed says you want me you pay me and walks off and then we get solo sokoa versus dolph ziggler um ziggler unloads on solo at the start until he completely gets trucked out of his shoes. Uh, Dolph does lock on a sleeper briefly, then eats a big right hand. Uh, Solo's in full control. Running headbutt, that got a two count. A bit later on, Solo launches Dolph face first into the floor on the outside. When we come back from a break, he hits the hip thrust in the corner for two. He also hits a big Samoan drop. Uh, Solo tries another hip thrust, but 
gets blocked by Ziggler. Solo then goes headfirst into the ring post and gets planted with a DDT for a two count. Dolph also hits a zigzag for two. Uh, Solo then catches Dolph going for the famous uh, like powerbomb position, pops him up and delivers a big Samoan spike and picks up the win. Um, one thing Triple H has done well is the booking of Solo Sokoa since arriving from NXT he looks great again here good little pairing because Dolph Ziggler will bounce around the ring for anyone seemingly I don't think his offence looked very good um, but he, I suppose he didn't he didn't do that much anyway so it didn't matter too much uh is going to be a future world champion I think I don't think that's news to anyone but hey I'm going to say it anyway next we go to the back and we see the judgment day walking to the ring and we get uh Dominic Mysterio in bandana, shades, uh, flannel shirt. I popped when I saw that visual. Um, just after that, we got damage control beating up Mia Yim. Not, again, not a lot to talk about that. Uh, and then we get this Miz TV segment with the Judgment Day and... Fresh out of jail, Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I haven't written much of what anything was, or what anyone said, but I couldn't help but laugh at this. It's kind of just so bad that it's really great and genuinely very funny. I think it's meant to be very funny. I think it's meant to be crap. I love the Judgment Day. They're over for me. And Dominic Mysterio, likewise, is really over for me because he understands his role now. The only thing I didn't like this in this was sort of the Miz just coming out and saying, oh, you're only in for a couple of hours. Didn't need that. We kind of get that. We get the joke. We know what they're trying to say. We don't need somebody screaming in it in our face like we're all stupid. But... Very funny. And then we get the tag team turmoil match to see who will face the Usos for the Raw tag team titles. I'm going to do it all together because ah, long old uh, long old match but this is the best part of the show especially the last match but we'll go for it. The first matchup was Gallows and Anderson versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Uh, Anderson and Balor go at it at first. Anderson catches Balor with a spin heel kick. Gallows and Anderson in full control early on. We then get the two big guys getting in the ring, Priest and Gallows. Uh, Priest just about gets the best of that exchange. Anderson got the lukewarm tag is what I'm going to call it because it certainly wasn't a hot tag ran wild until Priest pulled him out of the ring and threw him into the steel steps when we come back from a break 
Gallows gets the second hot tag. He did run wild. <clears throat> Dominic Mysterio, though, got involved um, for Balor to roll up Anderson and steal a win. So, yeah, good, first fall. Uh, Shelton Benjamin Cedric Alexander were out next. They hit the ring hot. Cedric with a suicide dive early on to Balor. Uh, Mitch Noka driver back in the ring. That got two count. Benjamin in and delivered snap suplexes. Uh, they single out Balor a little bit. Shelton delivers Germans to both Balor and Priest and got a great reaction. There's a handspring Pele kick from Cedric Alexander in there. Priest comes in, hits South of Heaven, and Balor hits the Coup de Gras, and they get the second floor. Alpha Academy were out next to a babyface pop, really. Um, I'd like to see this carry on. Hopefully it's not just for one night. When we come back from a break, we go straight into Sling Blades by Balor to Gable. There's a broken arrow by Priest. <coughs> uh, assisted leg drop by Priest as well in there. That got a two count. Judgment Day just really taking it to Chad Gable. He fights back though with a backdrop. A hot tag for Otis who runs wild again. Bulldozes everybody. Fans were well into this. Uh, we got a caterpillar as well. From Otis. Balor brilliantly pulled Gable on himself as Otis goes for the Vader bomb. Uh, Priest then nails Otis with a massive lariat to pick up the win. Uh, Balor's injured from this. Uh, doctors and Adam Pierce are checking on him. And they're about to. Um, Basically call it off and forfeit the match. But Priest realises Dominic Mysterio can go in. So that's what happens after... They're really not sure about it, but they agree to, to do it. Street Profits are the last team out. Uh, Profits were beating the hell out of Dominic when we come to the match. Dawkins with a spinning... Corner splash that now looks great, by the way. When he does that, he was when he first started doing it, it looked really weak, but I think it's awesome now. Uh, Priest manages to get tagged in while Rare is threatening Kevin Patrick on the outside. Priest is all over Montez Ford. Ford fights back and catches a massive backhand chop. Uh, Dom lures Ford to the outside though, so. Priest just comes over and pounces him over the announce desk. This is when Angelo Dawkins takes to the sky with a massive suicide dive. Looked great. After a break, though, Dom is back in control of Dawkins. Uh, Dom went for a 619, but he gets nailed by a back elbow. Montez Ford gets a hot tag, takes both guys out with a crossbody and runs wild on Dom. Standing moonsault. Oh, for two, uh, the Prophets do that mint pounce into a German suplex thing that they do. That gets a two count. Priest gets tagged in. 
flatliner on Ford and a huge lariat on Dawkins. That gets two. Uh, Prophets manage to take out Priest. Ford does a beautiful mad dive over Dom and the corner, taking out Priest on the outside. Hits Dom with a 450 splash, but Priest drags him off the pin just in time. Priest then goes face first into his steel steps. Dom manages to pull Ford in, who had hopped up on the apron, rolls him up, gets the feet on the ropes. Rain sort of helps him as well. And Judgment Day, thanks to the best heel in professional wrestling, Dominic Mysterio, win the match and get their opportunity at the Usos. They come out at the end as well, actually, and have this little stare down. I quite like the gauntlet gimmick, and I like most of this. Um, I'm not really into Gallows and Anderson, personally. I think they're both past their prime, but, I mean, good banter. I, I like that, but other than that bit, I thought this was really good. Uh, the standout was, of course, the last pairing. And the star of the night, by a mile, for me, was Damien Priest. I thought he had an incredible showing. He's starting to reach those... Um, those heights of, sort of, just on the cusp of being a main eventer for me. I know he's thrusted in there a little bit by... Vince McMahon a few years ago but he really wasn't ready and he was playing a baby face then now as this heel and part of this group who like I said earlier I love Judgment Day um, it works so well for me I think he could be a B-level pay-per-view opponent for let's say Cody wins one of the titles I think I could see that happening Balor was great as well, uh, selling that rib, celebrating in the chair. You just couldn't take your eyes off them. Same as Rhea Ripley when she's at ringside, you can't take your eyes off her. Profits are great. Don't know what happens with them now. I would, like I say all the time, love to see two good singles runs out of both of them. But yeah, a, a good gauntlet match, I thought. Uh, but yeah, that was raw. Like I said, it took a while to get going, but when it did get going, it was very good. Is it enough to have an hour and a half of, I don't want to call it wasted, but that's kind of how it felt, not a lot happening. Is it worth having that before this pretty good hour? I would love raw to be two hours. It's not ever going to be two hours unless... When the company gets sold, it's broken up a little bit. Who knows? Who knows where we are? At least I didn't get the feeling that Vince McMahon is back running the show. That's one. Isn't that a weird thing to put as a positive at the end of the show? But hey, that's where we are in 2023. But that is your... WWE Monday Night Raw review and as always you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Tusk Talks Wrestling Facebook page 
Follow me on Twitter as well. I'm at AdamShort8 on there. I'll be back tomorrow with the NXT review and a news podcast. But until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.